Good afternoon, my fellow Sith brothers and sisters, pure bloods, cultists, rebel scum on the run, but most importantly, you, my fellow Star Wars fans, welcome to Bad Batch Sideshow of My Life on Exegol. In case you've been living under a rock, My Life on Exegol is a Star Wars podcast solely operated by your favorite Sith Lord. I like talking about things that I collect, stuff that I'm reading, watching, and just enjoying the ride. And it's just a great time to be a Star Wars fan. I, of course have been sideshowing Bad Batch separate from my Knights of the Old Republic comic review because the two are very different in terms of topic and time period. So usually these episodes I just stick straight to the point on. However, I will admit before I get started, I did miscalculate the two episodes that were released this week, 7 and 8. Uh, And I definitely do not want to separate those two because it is definitely a twofer and they go hand in hand with each other. So I'm going to try my damnedest to get us caught up this week and hopefully pull off a three-peat. So jumping right into the last week's episode, episode six, titled Tribe. These episodes are usually running about 27 minutes, and of course, I will put a break in the episode, so that way last week's episode is separate from the two released this week, because I know the chances of everybody watching last week's episode are very high, whereas the two fur that released this week, seven and eight, um, I don't want to spoil that for you in case you haven't had a chance to get caught up. So jumping into episode six titled Tribe, we meet up with the Bad Batch doing a deal with the Vanguard Access. Hunter has Omega and Echo guard the ship while they go inside to broker the deal. Droid lets them inside and this, I guess you could say head honcho droid. He never, I do not recall them ever mentioning his name but asks Clone Force 99 if they have the forgeries. Obviously needs to ascertain their viability. Tech tries to vouch for him, saying that the chain codes, you know, he in fact was the creator, that they are unbreakable. Still in the process of checking each one. Echo and Omega outside. Just something about being here feels off to both of them. Echo decides to go inside and get the ship ready to go. And she, always having a knack for trouble, walks off. When she goes inside the facility, she hears a Wookiee being tortured by a couple of the Vanguard. And she decides to help him. They end up running off. And just when she thinks that the Wookiee abandoned her, In fact, just had taken an elevated position. Echo manages to find her and orders her back to the ship. The Wookiee, upon seeing Echo, naturally doesn't seem to like him very much. And... As the deal inside is still going down and the chain codes are being checked, what's going on outside gets radioed inside and the deal starts to go completely awry. Outside calls for backup and Omega and the Wookiee get pinned down again. Hunter, Wrecker, and Tech come up and say, they're with us. And naturally, they are ordered to leave immediately. The Wookiee does seem very reluctant to get on board of the ship, but realizing that 
there really isn't much of a choice. Omega completely standing beside her new friend saying that, you know, they're they're going to hurt him. And this deal is, it's just, you can't hurt or smuggle living beings. The Wookiee, before he gets onto the ship, manages to get a hold of his lightsaber. And when they are back on board, the Wookiee's kind of hanging out in the back of the ship by himself, completely afraid. Omega tries to bring him some food. Hunter and Wrecker actually follow Omega into the back of the ship, and he, again, does not like the clones. And Omega, of course, is trying to understand why the Wookiee is reacting this way to them. Tech reminds them of Order 66 and how the Jedi have uh, have every reason not to trust them. But Hunter reminds them that they're not like the other clones and that they did not follow that order. Wookiee finally feels comfortable enough to eat and Omega introduces herself. The Wookiee also introduces himself to the group as Gunji. And they also find out that Gunji's been on the run since Order 66 and has been trying to reach his homeworld of Kashyyyk before he was captured by the Vanguard. Wrecker, always enthusiastic to go on a mission, you know, of course, supports going back to Kashyyyk because it's been a while. And Hunter does caution Gunji to keep his lightsaber hidden when they land because it tends to draw a lot of unwanted attention. They land on Kashyyyk and make their way through the forest. And you can tell that he doesn't seem to remember a whole lot about his home. There's spider webs all over the place and these spider-looking creatures start to swarm them, come down from the trees. And they are actually cautioned to hold their fire, quickly realizing that they will not attack unless they, the clone force, pose a threat. So they end up moving forward reluctantly and cautiously. They come upon a village straight ahead that's been destroyed and they realize that tanks had come through the area and completely incinerated the village. Omega tells Gunji that the Empire destroyed our home too and that uh, we will help you find your people. Off in the distance, you hear a Wookiee cry out, And they go running in that direction and see some Transdotians in a few tanks, Separatist tanks. One of them communicates to a commander, Venomore, who is, I guess, their leader. Mentioning that they found another carved stone and orders them to stay on schedule. Gunji ends up running off, and CF-99 try to go running after him. Horse does not listen to the lightsaber advice. Soon as it's ignited, firefight breaks out, and Gunji manages to free the one Wookiee hostage. And the few tanks that they had also get taken down in the process. Realizing that they need to stop the fire from spreading, once they put out the fire, the Wookiees end up finding them. I do not recall them mentioning the name of these creatures, but they look like these big cat-tiger things, which are actually kind of funny. Funny Funny-looking, but of course adorable. 
not trying to put it up into the universe, but maybe I am to the powers that be, but I definitely think that the creatures that the Wookiees came in on here is definitely a stuffed animal moment. If there ever was one, I would definitely get one. Uh, I've always had soft spot for uh, creatures, of course. I've always been around pets my entire life. And seeing them reminds me a little bit of the loft cats, but on a bigger scale. And so, just putting that out there. <laughs> Build-A-Bear, Disney, somebody, you know. So. Clone Force 99 is taken back to the village and they meet the leader, Yana. The clones talk to her and mention that they were soldiers of the Republic uh, and they definitely do not serve the Empire. Or I should say they didn't see eye to eye with the Empire and that they came because Gunji was in trouble and that he is a child and needs to be with his people. Village welcomes them inside. Back off in the forest, Commander Venomore notices uh, in his team notice lightsaber markings meaning that if a jedi survived obviously the empire needs to be warned but he's like not if i find him first mentions to his soldiers about raising the jungle to its roots and offers a hundred wookie pelts to whoever brings the jedi in There's this really funny, of course, Wrecker always being the comedic relief. They pass around some sort of liquid or beverage, whatever, and uh, uh, pretty sure it was Echo that turned down the turned it down. But he mentions, uh, "You don't know what you're missing," and he's just. Uh, Wrecker completely feels at peace and at home there on Kashyyyk. It's actually uh, one of the, the funny, endearing things about Wrecker that we all love. Yannick uh, says that they should leave, that there's a convoy on the way to their location. Hunter agrees. However, he says that, you know, we... We've been allies for so long that they intend to stay and help them fight, that they're not alone in this. Handful of the Wookiees get up and go walk outside to a tree out front and start talking to it by placing their hand on it and explaining the situation to the to the rest of CF-99. Apparently they're asking the trees for help. And putting the situation into context, it is long been believed that Kashyyyk belongs to the trees and that the Wookiees and the trees are allies in this fight. With the convoy closing in, it's mentioned that the trees apparently have a plan. Commander Venomore and the convoy closing in notice that the tracks disappear and the Wookiee village kind of swarms them and a fight breaks out. Plan was to draw Venomore and crew into the nest. However, Venomore becomes distracted by Gunji again brandishing his lightsaber the spider creature things that initially triggered clone force 99 in the beginning of the episode when they landed on Kashyyyk end up coming down to help with the attack Gunji and Omega of course are MIA 
Venomore tries to go after the kids with a flamethrower in hand, starts setting the, this ring of fire around him and the spider things. The scene's rather impressive. These spider things kind of drop down and Gunji kind of communicates to them where it looks like that first that they were going to go after Gunji and Omega, but instead end up turning on Venomore. The kids now surrounded by fire. A little bit anyway. Managed to rejoin the rest of the group. And uh, decide that we need to, you know, we need to put this fire out because it's spreading fast. So the hunter has them gather the Wookiees so they can stop it from spreading. Fire now gone and Venomore and his crew no longer an issue. Just completely enjoying themselves. And Yana sees Hunter watching Omega and Gunji talking to the tree out front. And I think Yana can kind of sense this fatherly. You can tell that Hunter's worried a little bit and Yana is talking to him and Hunter's like, you know, they're just kids, but they don't get to be with what's going on around them. And Yana mentions to them that when the, when a young one leaves, how the trees weep and when they return, they sing. And so that ends episode six titled tribe i'm gonna go ahead and set us up for episodes seven and eight so sit tight and i'll be right back okay so i'm gonna try really hard to try and get both of these in because this week's Episodes 7 and 8 were amazing. I I know I've been pretty indifferent up into this point about Bad Batch and Clone Wars era. But these two episodes, it just... Watching them together again for the second time... It's it, it was beautifully done. And for me, this definitely marks the turning point of the series. I do think with kind of removing Sid from the action a little bit this week and giving a different focal point to kind of, I don't want to say running things, but it just, it, it, I can't wait to talk about it. So without wasting any more time, I do want to preface this part of the episode by the usual disclaimer. Because it is the most recent episode release, if you have not had a chance to watch episodes 7 and 8 of Bad Batch Season 2, please, I do not want to spoil it for you. So good. Do not be afraid to pause and pick back up where you get a chance to just watch this. Ah, so exciting. So without further ado, I've got to try and be quick. Episode 7, titled The Clone Conspiracy, runs about 28 minutes. We start off on Coruscant inside a cantina. We witness two clones talking to one another. Slip talking to Cade about Rampart's lies to the Senate. 
and the truth about what happened on Camino and just why is Rampart covering it up? Cade says he can't stay silent about the truth any longer and where his loyalties really lie. He apparently gave Rampart an ultimatum in giving him a chance to speak the truth before he does. They follow one another outside and Cade says he really needs Slip's help. How things have become too dangerous and a sniper takes him out. Slip gets pinned down and manages to narrowly escape on a speeder bike. And a group of clones surround Cade. Or I should say Cade's body. Sniper, who took him out, decides to leave. Inside the Senate chamber... Discussion about what happened on Camino in the storm was tragic. However, production of the new clones and the defense recruitment bill. Just trying to look up and see because uh, I think it was. Where is he? Yes. Mess Amida, the Emperor's right hand, speaking to the Senate chamber about the defense recruitment bill. And a lot of back and forth about the vote. Banking clan seconds the defense bill. However, Senator Palmo speaks up about deferring the vote in Organa, Senator Organa, Bail Organa, sorry, speaks up and says that this Emergency Powers Act and the Clone Army were all repercussions of this and wanting to know exactly where the Emperor stands on this issue. Amita speaks up and says that obviously he trusts the Senate to act in the best interest of its citizens. And talking about decommissioning the clone army and how they can't be sustained anymore. Finally, the champion speaks up, Senator Chuchi, saying how the clones fought for them and how they deserve a voice. Admiral Rampart speaks up and is willing to hear her concerns and assure that provisions will be in place for them. However, still open to talking to her about the clone's needs. Senator Organa Tape decides that the vote on this defense bill needs to be tabled. And while they're leaving the Senate chamber, Amita speaks to Rampart about how Tarkin assured him that support for this bill would be swift and Rampart assures Amita that a few vocal senators won't derail this vote. However, digging around for the truth will put this legislation at risk. But Rampart assures that letting Chuchi speak, you know, let her speak. It's it's not going to do anything. However, Digging around and letting her talk will not necessarily put his uh, his job at risk. And how, let's see, 
Amita wants to be sure that there are no more surprises. Senator Chuchi is talking to a group of clones inside a cantina about what happens when you're too old to fight. And she wants to talk to them and assure that this defense recruitment bill meets their needs. Finally, after swaying them, they decide to talk to her. One of them stays behind and whispers to her about the truth of Camino and Admiral Rampart. Slip, the clone from the beginning of the episode, tells her that he was there on the Admiral's Venator and how Rampart made sure no one could come forward and speak the truth. So Chuchi's trying to gather why this hasn't come out. And Slip's trying to tell her that Admiral Rampart did open fire on the cities of Camino. And how by assuring no one could come forward, the clones were either reassigned, went missing, or they ended up dead. And Slip tells her to look up his service record, but to also be very careful and gives her his CT-0409. Admiral Rampart apparently is expecting Chuchi, and they have her... Guards have not been able to locate CTO 409 yet, but assures her that they will. Slip, meanwhile, hiding down below, uses a comm link to radio for help and tells the other end that he's in trouble. I heard you can get me out. I don't have much time. Ramparts talking to Chuchi about expecting the Empire to fund full pension for millions of clones. However, there is rising threats of insurgents in the mid and outer rim that cannot be ignored. Rampart tells Chuchi that he agrees with her about further discussing this issue and planning. However, Chuchi just has this look on her face when he says this, and she decides to ask Rampart about the storm on Camino. Rampart agreeing that what happened was tragic, she asks, how exactly did you survive? And he tells her that he was at a training exercise off-world. Majority of the population on Camino Lost is more than just a tragedy, and she leaves Rampart. Senator Chuchi's walking by the war memorial and gets a secure message from an astromech, which we very quickly discover that it was Senator Organa's R2C4. Organa's talking to Chuchi about the stir that she created yesterday and how clone rights are a part of a of a much bigger issue and that their numbers growing every day and the emperor's becoming afraid and how Camino or getting rid of Camino makes way for the empire's or the emperor's new empire and his new military and how trying to locate this missing clone for proof and how she might not be the only one looking for him. And this missing clone is the key to proof of Rampart's deception. Admiral Rampart contacts his assassin and asks if this assassin's located the clone and how to be careful, Chuchi's guards are apparently now looking for him too. Rampart has his assassin follow her and handle it. 
and the assassins obviously ensuring, you know, you want me to take care of the senator too if she gets in the way. Rampart agrees and just ensures that it doesn't lead back to him. Slip makes it to the rendezvous point and contacts his whoever he's trying to contact that they are in route. Senator Chuchi finds him first, tells him how he's a hard hard person to track down, and tells him that you were telling the truth about Admiral Rampart and we need your help. Slip is definitely very skittish. You were followed. I'm in danger. Cade was killed. You need to leave. Those tried to speak the truth have all been killed. And they deserve justice. Chuchi's really trying to reason and get Slip to stay. Slip tells her that he hid evidence aboard Rampart's ship and he saved a backup. Slip gets taken out by the sniper. Chuchi's guards slowly one by one do as well. The the very last one with her gets shot. Tell her to go run and make her way to the speeder. She can't open up a door and decides to run. And meets up with a hooded figure who she thinks is going is the sniper. And we finally meet a familiar face. So happy to see Captain Rex and the senator asking him just exactly what's going on. He was here to meet a contact when he heard blaster fire. Her guards are now dead. Chuchi tells Rex that his, assuming now that Slip was his contact was as well, told her the truth of Kvino. They open the visor of the assassin and they're not really sure what he is. However, they decide that they need to take him somewhere and question him somewhere more private. Rex takes them to a garage owned by his friends. And uh, Assassin wakes up with no identifiable markings on him. And he's not really talking a whole lot. Rex starts interrogating him, asking whose orders he was following. And this assassin calls Rex out by name and tells him that he's fighting the wrong battle and says that he's a believer and bites down on something and dies. We roll right into episode eight titled Truth and Consequences which runs about 30 minutes and is the direct follow-up to the episode that we just watched. Clone Force 99 is taking a nap aboard the Marauder. Omega is trying to meditate like Gunji taught her. However, it doesn't quite work the same for her. Because she's not a Jedi, or at least we don't think she, she doesn't think she is. And asks Echo if she wants, if he wants to join her. They receive an incoming transmission from Rex, who needs their expertise on a mission, invites them to Coruscant for data extraction and promises them with flight plan that will bypass security. 
Naturally, Hunter is extremely reluctant to go to the galactic capital because the Empire thinks that they're dead and wants to keep it that way. As they approach Coruscant, Omega is just completely in awe of what they're seeing. And when they land, they meet Rex and Senator Ryo Chuchi. Rex introduces everybody and says that they need to go inside, that he has something they need to see. They witness this unmarked clone assassin whose number's been wiped, and they didn't even think that this was possible. So naturally, when they ask who this unmarked assassin was after, why was he after another clone? Rex talks about his contact slip and how slip was taken out. The senator almost was as well. Trying to uncover Admiral Rampart's lies about Camino, Slip knew the truth. Echo offers to be her witness and how they were all there. However, Hunter does point out that nobody will listen to them because they're all deserters, which Rex agrees. Their backup plan is to extract data off Rampart's ship and the command log aboard his Venator, which is presently being retrofitted at the Imperial shipyard on Coruscant. Rex knows a way in, and Chuchi reminds them that they need to hurry and how the vote takes place tomorrow. Omega wants to go with the senator and Tech concocts security clearance for her. And she kind of takes her to the Senate chamber and inside. On their way to the chamber, Senator Chuchi encounters Admiral Rampart, who looks surprised to see her. And he excuses himself to talk to Massimita, who wants assurance that there are going to be no more delays on the vote. Inside the chamber, Chuchi shows all the pods belonging to the various colonies. And Omega asks which one belongs to the clones and how Senator Chuchi's working on that and believes that this is a battle worth fighting. Senator Organa's droid beeps by and she asks Omega if she can keep a secret. Outside... Senators Organa and Chuchi are talking about this assassin who tried to go after her and how she's working on evidence that proves the attack on Camino was Admiral Rampart's doing. Senator Organa tells Chuchi that there is someone that she needs to speak with. Halle Bertoni, the former senator of Camino. However, it will not be easy. She was removed from office and tells Chuchi to follow the money that it always leaves a trail. Chuchi and Omega managed to talk to Bertoni about what really happened on Camino. And Chuchi asks her about the missing funds that were funding the cloning facilities and asks, where did the money go? 
Bertoni, reluctant to talk, says that he's a fool for digging and how there are few people left who've all scattered and that they are no longer her concern. Omega gets upset and calls Bertoni out about this. And Bertoni asks Omega why she cares. Omega tells her that she was a clone too and that Camino was her home. She's very angry. Bertoni suspected an attack was imminent and that the clones were a necessity to the Empire. And Chuchi presses. Bertoni again about ramparting or excuse me about rampart diverting the funds Bertoni concurs that Chuchi already knows the answer to this question but agrees yes and Chuchi tries to get her to testify tomorrow before the Senate however her word alone won't do any good that Chuchi needs concrete proof. Inside the Imperial shipyard, we see the Venator. And while trying to make their way in, Wrecker's backpack gets zapped, which is pretty funny. Uh, there are more clones waking up to the truth every day. And Rex, I think Hunter kind of is surprised that Rex would be here of all places and how help is hard to come by but Rex knows that his place is here. Wrecker manages to get the hatch open and Tech works around the ray shields. Let's see. Getting by, security will be difficult and they won't be able to make it to the Venator undetected by foot. However, they discover a way by latching onto one of the leaving fighters. And I think Rex kind of, Rex makes a little joke about Wrecker still being afraid of heights (laughs) and just kind of like don't look down don't look down and just as they're going over the venator they drop down they manage to open the hatch inside their place is just crawling with troopers and they manage to make it inside the command room however locating the data will mean that they will have to reroute power, which will trigger a security breach. Alarms start going off, the ship starts powering up, and they have Wrecker try and seal them inside. Firefight breaks out, air support comes in, Once the data transfer is complete, the ship starts to, or looks like it's about to pull away. And Clone Force 99's exit strategy takes the ship back down to the ground. Skate pods eject them off the ship and everybody manages to dip out of the shipyard. Inside the Senate chamber, discussion of the defense recruitment bill, Admiral Rampart trying to rally support, and how there is no more reason, or excuse me, there's no more further delays needed and calls for a vote. Senator Chuchi speaks up 
and accuses Rampart of diverting Camino funding to outside projects without Senate approval and calls for a formal investigation, which completely sends the Senate chamber a buzz. Rex manages to get Omega the data pad and tells her to hurry. Senator Chuchi and Admiral Rampart go back and forth. Exposing the truth of what really happened on Camino and how it was intentionally eliminated. Rampart, of course, won't answer to these accusations and ask where her proof is. There are further calls for Senator Chuchi to be removed from the Senate floor for her conduct for her conduct against Rampart. And Omega manages to slip in and give Senator Organa the data pad just in time. Presents new evidence, which shows video of what really happened on Camino and how this command log from the Admiral's ship is proof of what really happened. The Senate chamber completely goes in an uproar. And we finally see Emperor Palpatine talking about how Senator Chuchi's assertions were correct. And Admiral Rampart's attack was unprovoked and flips this whole thing about Rampart acting alone in his personal agenda. Calls for Admiral Rampart to be detained. Naturally, Admiral Rampart yelling he was following orders. Palpatine's deeply troubled by the recent revelations of this rogue element within our ranks and promises that Rampart will face justice for his treachery. However, the clone, however, excuse me, Rampart didn't act alone and these clones blindly followed his orders. And says that it's time for a change now more than ever. This legislation is our future and will usher in a new era of Imperial Stormtroopers. Outside the Senate chamber, Clone Force 99 talking to Senators Organa and Chuchi about how they played right into the Emperor's hands. And Palpatine managed to twist this to his advantage. And how he wanted them to implicate Rampart in order to garnish approval for his trooper program. Chuchi promises she will keep fighting for the clones. And as everybody says their goodbyes to Rex and Chuchi, they also say goodbye to Echo. And Omega's tearful goodbye is, for me, it was the turning point for this season because I think this episode has made me a fan of Bad Batch, and it is the relationship. 
between Omega and the clones, not just all of the missions that they go on together, but it is a reminder of just exactly how do I say it? Just the sheer scope of what the Clone Wars was really about. And Omega's goodbye to Echo and Echo staying with Rex to help the clones. Echo telling her to keep up with her training and keep an eye on them. Just this tearful goodbye between them. It just, uh, it was a cherry on top for me. And I, I have to admit, I was also really happy to see Rex involved with these last couple of episodes. And I think for me, being so staunchly imperial, I think it forces us to take a look at and consider a voice and what about the clones. So the clones were brought to serve a purpose. And now that they've been rendered effective and they're no longer needed, what happens to them as they try to pick up the pieces? And I I just, I really loved these two episodes. And I just, I could not see myself splitting these two up. That for me, I have managed to pull off this three-peat. Oosh. <laughs> episode seven and eight bad batch season two i hope you've enjoyed my discussion of bad batch i want to invite you again to check out those of us who took a part of star wars podcast day 2023 I know February 7th was a couple days ago, but a lot of us who were unable to record or post on the 7th technically have this week. You can find us participating. I think it was uh, at least 104 of us by following and looking up the hashtag Star Wars Podcast Day 2023 or SWPD 2023, which I am very grateful to be a part of this year. I thank you for joining me on this Bad Batch Sideshow. And encourage you to check other Star Wars podcasts out who are enjoying Bad Batch just as much as we are. Thank you again, and until next time, may the Force be with you.